I literally spent 20 years just pushing the limits of me physically, mentally. It was time, you know, I think everyone has that transition time where they go, time to come up for air and start looking after yourself. So I'd, I looked at and used a lot of alternate holistic therapies to look after myself. So one day I was lying on my own therapist table and we're chatting away and all of a sudden, you know when you have those light bulb moments in life that you just go, this is it. I'm Teresa Hudson, coordinator of the Community Information Centre. And in today's episode of Brave, I'm with Fiona Hansen, owner of two Townsville-based small businesses offering remedial therapy and life coaching. In addition to running her businesses, Fiona is a keen outrigger, which is a demonstration of her incredible energy. In this episode, she talks us through the path that has brought her to this point, from her earlier years in the corporate sector to her decision to put herself first. This episode of Brave was produced across the lands of the Bindal and Wulgarugaba people. The Community Information Centre acknowledges and pays respect to the traditional owners of this country. How long have you been in um, um, outrigging? Four years. So um, it's, a, it's an interesting sport. Good for me. I'm broken. I've got broken knees and broken ankles. So literally was a netballer for like 20-something years. Have a ruptured Achilles to knee reconstructions. So I need to find something that was a little bit more gentle on the lower body. Um, Love the ocean. So tried rowing, going backwards. Didn't work that well. <laughs> going forwards is good. So loved it. Absolutely loved it. And now I do. My focus is marathons. So I do 28, 46K kind of races. Just... All in the headspace. You've got to be physically fit, but <laughs> the mind is what takes over. And are you in the um, canoe yourself or are you in a team with the, um, Both. So I do the six mans. Love the team sport because that's where you really get, you know, a great bunch of people together. You really kind of excel. Um, single canoeing for me is about my training to get into the six mans. And then I love the double canoes too because if you win with a double with a buddy, it's great. Good feeling. It's like being back at school, actually. Is it? In what way? Well, you just get the excitement of, you know, that adrenaline rush and, you know, um, especially in teamwork, you're working together. In a six-man canoe, you only need one person not to be on the same page and you'll lose. So the last big race I did, six-man, 46Ks, was from Cairns to Port Douglas. And we had what what the club would call the B-grade squad working together. But I'd rather train and work with the B-grade squad, and I'm one of them, than the A-grade. Because I guess when you're the up and coming stars, you know that you have to focus on that cohesiveness and that's what makes a good team. And is it, it's outrigging canoeing, mm. not kayaking. Yeah. They're two different things, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. So kayaks are just a, you know, the straight canoe yeah, kind of thing. The no outriggers sides. have the side on them. Yeah. So think of Hawaiians with the. Yeah. Because yeah. my kids at the moment are obsessed with wanting kayaks, oh. but they keep calling them canoes. canoes. And I like, yeah, kayaks are yeah. more. Um, Depends which way you view it. You can race kayaks. Um, so if you look at the Olympics and stuff like that, obviously they do K1, K2, that kind of stuff. Yep. But traditionally in Australia we use it more for recreational purposes versus racing. Yeah. Where with the outrigging it's purely racing. Yeah, we'll have to get them into it because they um, keep talking about it to the point where it's annoying me. So. Yeah, <laughs> any kind of sport for kids is great. It's good for their mental capacity. Does the club have open days at all where people can come yeah. down and have a try? Yeah, they absolutely do. So they have come and try days. Um, so we're trying, I think, three or four in the year and it's a three-week window. And you learn, obviously, the history of outrigging, then the technical skills, and then we go out. And we lead up to about a 5K paddle eventually. 
which doesn't sound a lot, but um, when you first start, everyone uses their arms, not their whole body. So you get pretty exhausted after doing a couple of Ks. Cool. Let's chat about you. Me. <laughs> so tell me your story. Where were you? Where did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Ipswich, moved to Brisbane as a young adult life. Um, come from a not educated family. So both my dad didn't even go to high school and my mum just got through, as she calls it. She'll never let me watch her report cards. <laughs> so basically they were working class. So when I finished junior, they pretty well said go out and get a job because I, I actually didn't really enjoy high school. I didn't – I wasn't academic. I scraped through, loved art. I was very good at art but loved playing sports. So mum and dad got us in – all us kids into sport from a very early age. So I turned 50 this year and my mum gave me my report cards and I look back and – a lot of the comments from the teachers back in high school was like, oh, Fiona would do a lot better if she would focus more on academic things than a sporting environment. <laughs> and she's also a social butterfly. You would butterfly. never see that in a report card no. in the 21st century. <laughs> Maybe not, we should. Not now, not now. But it was good because I looked back and thought, well, that's, that's my personality. That's who I am. So I left, um, left high school. I got, um, I call it shoved into a secretarial course because what else do you do with a teenager that has no idea what she's doing? I learnt the skill of typing, which I today I touch type, so I'm very thankful for my mum for that. Everything else I probably failed. So um, after that, I literally fell into a job and it was as a, a marketing assistant for a credit union. And I literally was all of 14 and a half. And literally, until um, I was about 20, just kind of floundered around and worked like we do, socialised, partied, all the stuff that we do as a young adult. And then um, I actually got engaged, built a house, got married and had a kid within about three and a half years. Um, my daughter's now 27. And as soon as she was born, probably after I got through the initial like 12 weeks, maybe the first six months, I thought, I actually want to do better for myself. And I want to show my daughter what you can do when you put your mind to it. So I isn't it amazing then once you have children, how your whole life perspective changes? Oh, absolutely. I was definitely into party social mode as everyone is and finding out who they are. And then as soon as I had my daughter, I was like, right, you know, I've got to be an adult as I call it now. Yeah, and so, a role model. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I went back and I started a diploma in management and leadership. And so I studied that part-time while I was raising my daughter and also working part-time for a couple of years. And then I started to think, what do I actually really want? What kind of career do I want? Where do I want to go? Knowing I loved art, loved my first marketing job. So I thought, mm, marketing sounds a good thing. So I kind of, over a couple of years, started to progress. And as I was finishing my first diploma, landed a job at Kellogg's, the cereal company, as a first-off marketing assistant. But within six months, I kind of stepped up the ranks. How old were you by this stage? Oh, 25, 26, I think. Pretty pretty young, really. So um, then, because I knew I wanted to progress, I uh, started to play in marketing because I thought this is this is a career I want to go down. I'll start that. So I literally did two back-to-back diplomas uh, while raising my daughter in Sydney. And I got divorced at the same time too, so I had all this stuff going on. But I knew the goal was to have a better life for me and my daughter. So by the time I was 30, I was like an assistant sponsorship and marketing manager for Kellogg's, um, living the dream as I call it. And then by that stage, my daughter was probably seven or eight and I made a decision to actually move back to Brisbane and be closer to family because I thought living in Sydney, hectic lifestyle, full on, 
if I don't move now, I'm probably going to have to wait till she finishes high school. So I took a bit of a hiatus for about six months and just kind of got myself re-established in Brisbane, connected with friends and family. And then I landed a, another marketing job at Wizard Home Loans. So at that stage, they were only in infancy, probably two, three years old. And I was their first state marketing manager. And I spent six and a half years with them. And that was probably the best learning curve in marketing, even though I'd worked for Kellogg's than I've ever had because one, we're working with local businesses. Um, I'm a local business now. Two, uh, you have to be really creative with this budget and our marketing plan was with literally a page. There was no technical stuff. And if anyone's seen Mark Boris, who's the apprentice and also yes. the gun for um, supporting small business throughout Australia, he, he led the charge of just taking the business from fledgling to literally an Australian icon company. Um, by the time I left there at six and a half years, they'd sold the company and I jumped from, and when I say jump, I never actually looked for any jobs in my life, except the one when I moved back to Brisbane, I just kind of flowed into what the next stage of my career was. And, uh, a job at Westfield came up as a center marketing manager. So I took that and, um, spent six and a half years there as well. So that's kind of like the encompass of my marketing career. And so, well, you did a lot of diploma study and whatnot. There was never uni Never degrees. uni. And, and I-, I wanted to highlight that because <laughs> a lot of the times people think to need a successful career or to make it in life, and I'm not diminishing uni and how important it is, but hard work, having the skills, experience, and building yourself a really good reputation yeah. um, is also just as equally as valuable. Yeah. And I um, I take my hat off to anyone that does uni. I have a personality where I don't sit still for very long. So uni will be something, and I always joke to my girlfriends, that I do when I'm 80. When my body can't move, when I have to slow my lifestyle down, that's when I'll go to uni. Uh, and I personally believe exactly what you said. Only once in any of my interviews, and it was with a recruitment agency, did I ask why I didn't have a uni degree. And I explained it just like this. I don't have time. I love diplomas. You can fast track them if you need to. They're shorter than a uni degree. Um, and uh, I find a little bit more practical for me. And that's the way I learn. I agree. I, I'm a diploma girl too. <laughs> and people quite often go, you don't have a uni degree? No, I don't. But I have a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience that's given me the skills I have today. And I've been surrounded by some amazing people who have also um, embedded a lot of my skills in me, both positive and negative people that I've been able to learn from so absolutely yeah sounds like you've been in that space too yeah all the time (laughs) so you mentioned before you've got your own business yes tell me about that because it sounds like it's not in the marketing realm anymore well yes and no because I guess um when you run a small business you are um the hat of everything in your business as everyone knows correct yes so my marketing and business skills have definitely helped me so once I, I decided to leave marketing because I literally spent 20 years just pushing the limits of yeah. me physically, mentally, raising a daughter while I was also a sole parent sometimes, two diplomas at that stage. It was time, you know, I think everyone has that transition time where they go, time to come up for air and start looking after yourself. Um, my daughter was probably about, I'm going to say 15. So she was getting ready to transition into her more mature adult life so i made a decision to actually uh, look after myself a little bit better i had a ruptured achilles and i think my first knee reconstruction from playing netball by that stage so it was time to kind of just come up for air and take a break and um 
I was 25 in Sydney and I had a really bad car accident. I was in a 10-car pileup and I got I was car number four and I got really severe whiplash. So throughout my whole adult life, I had lots of massages, lots of Chinese kind of work done. So I'd, um, I looked at and used a lot of um, alternate supportive holistic therapies to look after myself. So one day I was lying on uh, my own therapist table and we're chatting away. And all of a sudden, you know when you have those light bulb moments in life that you just go, this is it. Didn't even think about it. I just started asking questions. What's this? What's this therapy like? How do you become a remedial therapist? What do you do with your needling? Da da da. So you know, over a course of um, probably half the session, while he's working on me, he's talking to me about this um, this career. And then on the back of that, he said, "You don't want to do it. It's hard on your body. It takes a long time to build up your clientele. Everyone's very fickle. So all the negatives about the industry." And I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." And there was just something yearning in me to go. I, I actually think I want to do this. So while I was working full time at Westfield, I actually researched and started study to become a remedial therapist. So I worked full time, part time studied all my theory stuff, and I just loved it. I really felt like I had a niche for what was to come. At the same time, my partner got a promotion to Townsville. So he flew to Townsville and started his job. And I lived at that stage on the Sunshine Coast. And we kind of commuted for a couple of years. And then I actually made the decision to leave corporate life and set up my own business in Townsville from home. And so that's how my new phase of my life started. Because you could have set that business up anyway. I could have said it anyway. I just decided to move to Townsville and be with my partner. And then when you got here, you felt this was the right place to do that. Oh, absolutely. But I literally moved to town. I knew no one except my partner. Um, But because I have moved around a little bit in my adult life, I know kind of what makes me tick. So I set the foundation, went and joined a gym. I think I joined a few groups just to kind of start meeting people. And then I just marketed the crap out of myself to everyone and anyone that would talk to me. I used to go down to the Strand every morning with my um, singlet with my business name on and walk around and I lots of people looked at me and would stop and go what do you do because just I had a big logo on my shirt and they wanted to know and I look fit so obviously I support my um, realm of being a great therapist so I did that um, I built a home-based business till I was absolutely smashed for two years during that two years I did every remedial course known to man to get my skill set up so every time someone came with a new thing that I didn't know about I would research it and go I need to do a course in that so I now have a plethora of certificates to do with you know cupping needling all these other techniques that you use in remedial. And then I decided to uh, take the next step and kind of get back into real business mode. And I opened a clinic on Tharagao Drive for three years. And it was great for the first couple of years, but the learnings in small business, obviously, are huge. And um, I guess one of the biggest things, because I had the business acumen behind me, I knew how to crunch numbers and do the marketing. But um, like all small business owners, the employees were always going to be the challenge and what I found as a small business owner you don't have anyone you can turn to and say hey can you give me some support here you are literally yeah, it. you don't have a HR department you, you don't, don't have, have a marketing department yeah uh, yeah yeah yes yeah exactly so although um there was a challenge because in Townsville uh it's very fluid population particularly with therapists they go to where they like to go which is great in my business life if I'm pushing too hard and it's not working, it's not the right path to take. So um, in between all that, the floods had happened and that kind of gave me a bit of insight into how resilient the town is, but how business is so directly affected by it. And even though I didn't personally get flooded at the clinic, it had a big impact on the way clientele started to come through the doors. So, you know, from, a, I guess, a, 
uh, business operating perspective, it was kind of getting a bit challenging. So at the end of 2019, I made the decision to close the clinic and actually go back and just work for myself from home again. Right. What's the name of your business? Uh, that business is Rejuvenation Massage, but I also am now a life coach, which lead me into <laughs> the next business that I run. Um, during that phase, I started Outrigger Paddling to find a sport and a connection with people in the community and obviously to have a bit of a social life outside of my business. And like I do with everything I do, I go boots and all into it. And I started an online course to do with Outrigging to learn technique half the course was on technique the other half was all about mindset and how you develop yourself as a paddler to get the best out of you and increase your skills and because i love this um, activity so much i did the course and i thought this is my next phase of my small business journey that eventually my body is going to get up i'm 50 now so i know i've got some aches and pains that will not take me through the next 10 to 15 years of working life and so i again went back and did another diploma in becoming a mindset and life coach and I've also just finished a diploma in modern psychology as well so I now juggle two businesses being a remedial therapist and also a life coach that's amazing <laughs> and very busy very busy I love that you've challenged yourself continuously I'm 50 but I'm still doing this and I like 50 is just the number for you yeah absolutely it's not a barrier no definitely not with your remedial massage business because you talked a little bit about how the floods impacted your business, but then what did COVID do? Had you shut and gone home by that stage? Yes, yes. So that was, I guess, awakening for a lot of small businesses to be adaptable. Um, I'd already dabbled in my life coaching business and had a few clients under my belt. Um, what that gave me, thank you, government, for giving small businesses some support at that stage. It gave me time, one, to finish my diploma in modern psychology. So I just like cram that in as best as I could during the I think we were shut down for nine physical weeks two to ramp up my coaching business to actually put some strategy and structure in place for it and then three understand the diversity that you need to have in a small business to actually get you three times when things like COVID hit mm. with massage mm -hmm. and you were told by that gentleman that time of all the bad things that come with it how do you do it because um, I quite regularly get remedial massage as well. And I just think, oh, how do their fingers cope? What is the trick? I think everyone needs to find out what works for them. Um, I have a lot of high energy. I'm physically fit. I look after myself. So I eat well. Um, I drink lots of water. But I also do all the things that I encourage clients to do. So I stretch. I move every day. Um, there's not a day that I don't do some kind of activity that makes me move. So whether that be yoga, Pilates, stretching, going for a walk on the beach. Um, and then I do other really hardcore activity as well. I think the thing for me is I go in ebbs and flows. So I have a lot of energy for a couple of weeks. And then I know I have a week where I'm exhausted and I need to give back to myself. So I actually back off my massages. It's as simple as that. I just listen to my body basically and my mind as well. Mm. Growing up, what was that like with some of your experiences that you were able to take going forth into your adult life? Um, my dad passed away 12 years ago from terminal cancer, and that was kind of a really big awakening. I had 18 months with him. So I did a lot of um, reflection of my childhood with them, and what an amazing upbringing we have for a really working class family that didn't have any parent support. So Mum and dad did the best they could for us, but they also instilled some very good values. They got us into sport early so that we weren't mischievous in um, childhood. 
But on reflection of that, it actually taught us a lot about ourselves and how to work with people um, and also gave us a resilience. I was not very good at sport as a kid. My sister and brother were. I wasn't. So it gave me... So you're a family of three? Family of three. My sister and brother got selected in their respective sports for Queensland. I'm the eldest. I was always the underdog or the black sheep, as I call myself in the family. So what that brought me through in adult life is to actually just give everything a go. And it doesn't matter... Um, it doesn't matter if you don't get to your goal because you just keep trying the best you can and follow your passion. Mm. With your daughter, she's 26. She's 27 now. 27. Now, where is she based? She's based in Western New South Wales and she's a high school teacher. Um, and she actually, and this is, I guess, when you get a bit more mature, how you reflect on what you've added into the value of your children or your community. And that's what I wanted to sort of, yeah, ask um, a big part of your life in leaving a relationship and going down study paths and career paths was as a role model for your daughter. Yep, absolutely. Um, she actually said to me when she was going into uni, I'm actually going to keep going. She's a high school teacher and she did her, I think she took about five years because I couldn't financially support her to pay for a uni fee. So she supported herself working part-time, which is incredible. Any kids that do that, I think that's amazing. And um, she went on to do her master's in teaching as well. And she picked high school because she has, like me, a passion to actually see kids prosper regardless of what their background is that's amazing so all of your hard work and reasoning and purpose seems like it paid off absolutely for her yeah and benefited her and her drive as well and i'm i'm um do you ever wonder if you hadn't have had that mindset (laughs) or that drive what that could have looked like for you and for her oh absolutely um but i'm reflective too i had a client say to me why didn't you have more children And I actually said to her, because I'm a better person, just having one and focusing my intention on encouraging one child versus a plethora of kids that I couldn't, I guess, financially and emotionally support. So, yeah, it's um, I think as a a parent, as we get older, reflect on our kids and know, um, I always joke about it saying they're holding a stable job. They're paying their taxes. She gives back to the community like I do. Um, You know, she supports, um, I guess, a you know, youth today are going through a lot more struggles than we ever did when we were kids, you know, with social media and the bullying, uh, depression, anxiety, I think it's a lot more prevalent these days. So she's actually, you know, encouraging kids to take that step, you know, out of that, um, out of that realm and actually develop themselves, which clearly has come from me, <laughs> I think. <laughs> That's amazing. Fiona, where to next? Oh, where to next? Um, I donate a little bit of funds into the um, Abrigas Club when we need race prizes and stuff like that. But you can't. You just can't do that continually. Um, We all know the current environment is going to stretch everyone because businesses are struggling, which means then community groups are struggling because we're not getting the funding that we need. So I totally understand that being a business owner. So um, I guess my goal this year is to source out a very minor sponsor that wants to help grow with us. We don't want to be a huge club. We just want a little bit of financial support to survive, basically, yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be a tough one. That's my big goal. And my 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 mission in my coaching business is to inspire people to literally live their dreams and be their authentic self. So although you see me today uh, dressed up with blow-dried hair, most of the time everyone sees me in active wear, uh, living a great life and enjoying myself. So if I can show people that they can follow whatever path they want to through my endeavours, that's literally what I want to do. 
fantastic. Fiona, through your story, you've talked about in and out of relationships, in and out of businesses, in and out of careers. Yes. But challenge yourself through those changes. Talk me through what's got you through all of those. Yeah. Um, I think I'll go back a little bit if that's okay. My dad um, was a Vietnam vet, so I saw a lot of resilience from him growing up in things that he was going through. Um, I guess when uh, my first relationship broke down um, after I had my daughter, I had made a decision after seeing my GP to actually source professional counselling. And although I have to honestly say I felt like a bit of a crazy woman at the time, I know it helped me because I could work through all my stuff and then um, get out of the emotional space that everyone's in and actually think very logically post that. Um, Coming from, I guess, a business background, learning all the stuff to do with leadership and managing staff, there are some things that you take out of that for yourself as well. So I use those tools. Um, However, I think a lot of it just comes down to having a very healthy mindset and setting a passion and a goal of where you want to go for your future. And I literally always, regardless of whatever I've gone through, focused on my future. I've never really, although in the thick of it, I've dwelled on the past and been sad, I think you have to go through that process and everyone goes through that at a different stage. Some people sit in those spaces for like years and years. I get to a stage after about four or five months, I go, right, it's almost like let's dust off the shackles. Let's just take that big leap for faith forward and keep, as I call it, dreaming out loud and just keep following what I want to follow. Well, who've been your sounding boards around you through that time? Uh, I've had some amazing girlfriends that have literally just either sat on the phone when I've lived interstate or sat with me over a bottle of wine where I can just pull my heart out and have just given me, I guess, the strength and encouragement that although I've gone through tough times, the sun will come up tomorrow. And literally they have been my strength. Um, a lot of those girlfriends I'm actually not connected to now because as we go through changes in our life, our friend circle um, moves. And that's okay because I know um, for myself they came into my life at a time when I needed them and hopefully reciprocal. Um, and uh, even to this day, uh, probably about 12, 15 months ago, I did some psychology counselling just to get myself back on track with something that I've recently gone through. And, um, you know, four or five sessions gets you focused again on what life's really all about. And it's about enjoying it. It's not about being angry, resentful, sad, even though we have to go through that. It's about actually looking at the positives and moving forward and setting yourself some little goals just to strive for. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. It's been great. Brave is jointly funded by the Commonwealth and Queensland governments under the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. This podcast is produced by Damien Lawarden.